I get really anxious if I feel like the Truman Show where I'm just walking around. I'm like, why do I keep seeing the same thing every day? You know, like when you know that that person in front of you in the coffee line is the same person every day. Just can't do it. You know, I I like meeting new people. I like new experiences. And so when this kind of came to be, The only reason I felt so comfortable jumping in it is because I knew I wasn't recreating the wheel. I knew that there was other people that were event planners because I had an event planner for my my wedding. And so I and like pretty much my philosophy in life is, you know, we were all born the same. And so like if he can do it or if she can do it, then why can't I? Hey everyone, Cole Turnbull with Coraline Advice Givers, where we interview Coraline business owners, entrepreneurs, and thought leaders to bring Coraline residents the best advice from our community's brightest minds. Today's guest has some incredible insights on life. She comes with a deep history of working in the restaurant and hospitality industry and was once the fine dining manager at Beverly's. But she followed her heart and quit to go on a two-month honeymoon excursion with her husband. In fact, they both quit their jobs with no idea what their next endeavor would be until a childhood friend called her up in a panic about her wedding day. That's when she stepped up to the plate and offered to be her point of person for the day of her wedding. It was the response from her friend when she exclaimed, you know people actually pay you to do that, when she had that aha moment and started her business the next day. Please welcome Colleen Lopez of Colleen Lopez Events. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. You're welcome, Colleen. So, uh before we dive into your business and how you got basically started it and and all that fun stuff which i touched on a little bit there um we'll start with some rapid fire get to know you a little bit someone warned me about this (laughs) (laughs) i'm nervous but i'm ready (laughs) first of all how do you do it are brides really as bad as we make them out to be absolutely not favorite childhood pastime Ooh, this one, cooking with my dad. Do you have a claim to fame? Ooh, this is a tough one, claim to fame. I guess I like to party. (laughs) (laughs) Go-to restaurant? La Casa Lopez in Moscow, Idaho. Uh, If not, then Midtown Bluebird here in Coeur d'Alene. That's... More so, on that Moscow here in a minute, yes, right? Yes, yeah. You walk into a bar, what do you order? Double vodka soda or a white Russian. Preference of vodka? Absolute. What takes up too much of your time? My stories on Instagram. What's a daily habit that you have that makes a positive impact on your day? I call my family every day. What's the coolest thing or experience you've had so far in event planning Mm, let's see here traveling to hawaii to kona and uh, helping one of a a close friend plan her wedding out there nice if you had to stand up right now and give a 30 minute presentation with no prep what topic would you address oh my gosh i was nervous this topic was gonna come (laughs) um you know, I have a, a really big passion about um, anxiety and depression. I, I like helping people through that. So that's a really big passion of mine. It's not something that I've been able to really explore yet. But, you know, it's something that everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people struggle with. And it's still something that's in the shadows. And, you know, I'd love to bring more awareness to that. Yeah, so I'm going to go off script a little bit then. Yeah. Kind of 
yeah. anxiety. I mean, anxiety and passion, it's a big thing. There's a lot of people that suffer from it. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you've suffered with from mm-hmm. in the past? Absolutely. Um, I had it when I was younger. I had kind of like separation anxiety when I was a kid. and um, But it kind of went away for, I don't know, probably 15 years. And it came back in college. And, um, and it shows up when I have really big decisions to make. Um, or, um, you know, I've kind of tra- or decided that it's not, it's kind of like my superpower, I guess is what I call it. Um, so anytime I start feeling those feelings, it's because my body or my brain is trying to tell me something. And it's probably because I'm about to do something that I'm uncomfortable with. Um, and so sometimes I have to decide if it's something that I'm just nervous about and excited about, or if it's something that's not a good fit. Um, but it's something that I really struggled with in college, um, and kind of saw the light once I graduated and kind of started moving towards my career path. Um, but I know a lot of people struggle with it. And um, there's just not a lot of uh, people out there that are really addressing it. And um, man, if I could make that my full-time job, I totally would. And maybe I will. Who knows? So do you have a couple hacks or tricks to kind of calm your anxiety? Yeah. So um, usually when I feel it, it's in the morning. Um, and I don't feel it every day unless I have like a lot on my plate. It feels like there's like an elephant on my chest when I wake up sometimes. Um, if I have like a lot of projects at once or, or like I said, if I'm going up some up against something that I, um, you know, definitely, um, didn't expect to go through, I guess. And, um, so definitely there's grounding tools. So, you know, checking your five senses, feeling something, tasting something, touching something, hearing something, feeling something. Um, so anytime, you know, I start feeling those, those feelings, you know, I definitely go to my grounding tools. If those don't work, I get up and go outside and get some fresh air and then drink a glass of cold water or really hot water. And then if those don't work, then I call my family. <laughs> they, they're like your security blanket. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, not, and that's, that's really why I'm so passionate about it is because I feel almost selfish that I have such a great and strong support system. Um, and I know that there's a lot of people that don't have a support system and that's when those are the people that need the most help, you know? And mm-hmm. so definitely passionate about that. That's something that really, um, gets me excited. Cool. Well, yeah. we're, uh, we'll probably touch on that a little bit more. Okay. Later, yes. But yes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Took a crazy turn there. <laughs> yeah. You know, that just like got my, my mind going, but, Good. uh, first of all, what, what got you involved in the restaurant business? Um, so my family, we're actually, my family's from, uh, Mexico. My parents are from, um, the state of Jalisco and, uh, my parent, my mom's from Guadalajara and they moved to Los Angeles in the mid eighties. And my dad was actually working in an oil refinery and he got laid off, but all of his cousins, um, he, he comes from a really small town outside of, uh, Guadalajara and he actually, um, all of his cousins started opening up Mexican restaurants um, in different parts of the U.S. And so when the oil refinery laid him off, you know, he called all of his family and friends asking if they knew anyone that, you know, um, you know, was hiring. And they said, well, we have a position at, um, you know, one of the restaurants that were opening up in either Seattle or Moscow, Idaho. And so he's like, okay, so he went to Seattle and, you know, the place that he stayed at, it just felt kind of like Los Angeles where, um, you know, it just wasn't as safe. And a lot of people, they went to Moscow and I think it was snowing when they visited. My dad was like, this is it, you know, this is, this is where I want to raise my family. And so obviously my family struggled because when we arrived to Moscow, there was no, 
Latinos or minorities in general. You know, we were really the only ones um, besides a few handfuls. And um, so now if you go to Moscow, it is full of culture. Same with, and you know, it's right next to Washington, Washington State University. Um, and there's just, it's full of culture and color. And it's just a really magical place, the Palouses. Um, and so they ended up picking Moscow, obviously. And um, yeah, so they did a partnership uh, f- with a restaurant. And then they ended up opening up their own, which is now La Casa Lopez on Main Street in Moscow, in downtown Moscow. Um, and so I just was raised in restaurants since I was about seven years old. You know, my parents would take me to work and I would help them wipe menus. And, you know, we'd sleep in booths when it was late at, at, late at night. Um, and they had to finish doing reports and um, do the food order. And, um, you know, we'd all go home together and my dad would cook a really late meal and man those are the best memories that we have so um that's how we I was raised in restaurants and then finally when I was old enough I became like a bus girl a hostess you know I never actually jumped in the kitchen or anything like that um until after college um but I went to college and you know tried a lot of different clubs and I just had no idea what I was going to do and I ended up working back of house um so I was my dad's like assistant chef um for a year after I graduated college and I loved it, but I also, it was really hard. It, I just knew it wasn't, you know, where I wanted to stay. Um, and I had already done admin with my mom. And so um, I had one summer during college, I had actually become a server, which is where actually I met your wife, uh, Tabitha. I worked at Dockside, um, the restaurant um, on the main floor in the Coeur d'Alene Resort. And, um, you know, so I had some friends there still. And so when I graduated college, um, I reached out to some friends that still worked there. Um, shout out to Brianna Robeson. And um, she actually, you know, helped me um, get introduced to some of the management out there. And they started interviewing me. Um, and I originally wanted to go into the convention center side and learn um, catering sales and then kind of grow up, you know, go into that kind of uh ladder of events um but they had an opening at beverly's the fine dining restaurant on the seventh floor and um i was hired on as the assistant general manager and then i also um acquired a job that was called the private dining manager and i managed any private parties in the private boardrooms um and helped them select menus pair their wines i got to work with like world known uh, you know wine sommeliers and got to try the best food we met like a lot of really famous people which was awesome john travolta and i are best friends just kidding no we're not but <laughs> but i do have a picture with him um and he's super sweet in case anyone else uh, has ever met him they could probably attest to that too um but yeah so that's kind of my whole history with uh, restaurants so and then when my husband and i we quit our jobs after i had been at beverly's for two years after college um when we decided to go on a honeymoon you know my dad had always told me that it's always really good to know everything about a restaurant because you know if the economy flops restaurants always stay open and so um he said you know everyone always needs a dishwasher so we actually got jobs in hawaii we got two jobs each while we were there for six weeks and um my husband worked at a like a smoothie spot um it was actually called the spot in uh, honolulu and then i worked at a farmer's market making um homemade ginger ale so they would reduce the ginger into a syrup and then put that into like you know club soda with mint and it was just delicious and then at night we both worked at a jazz club and you know we 
went in as dishwashers. So, you know, base pay, nothing fancy, nothing special. And that's all we wanted. We didn't want any responsibility. So we became dishwashers here um, at that place. And then um, two of the kitchen staff didn't show up. And, you know, the chef looked at us and he said, do you guys have kitchen experience? And we both laugh and we're like, yes. And he's like, hey, you're promoted. And we we ended up getting a $3 pay raise on this on our first day of work. So it was pretty rad. <laughs> um, so we were there for six weeks. And then we traveled to Japan and Okinawa, which Okinawa obviously is Japan, but uh, my sister is a mar- or married to a Marine. So that's how we ended up over there. And then we came back and started the business. Yeah. So, I mean, you come back and you're like, hey, you always have, like you just touched on, you always have that restaurant experience in your back pocket, you yes. know, something, something to fall back on a little bit of mm-hmm. a security blanket. But I mean, you, I imagine you were probably making the you know, pretty decent pay being the fine dining manager at Beverly's and the resort. And like, how hard of the decision was that to walk away from it and just go, Hey, uh, we're going on a honeymoon excursion. Like, (laughs) see you later. Um, well, you know, it's so funny because, you know, going back into the, you know, anxiety, um, thing in, in my life is, you know, they actually, I had, we had done such a great job. Um, my GM and I, we had really turned the place around, created an awesome, um, booking program and it had existed before, but we just really made sure all those rooms were filled on every holiday. We set them up, tore them down. You know, we were running around like crazy, but, um, it was my dream job. 100%. Like I had gotten to a place where I was like, you know, I love who I work with. I love what I do. You know, I'm obsessed with food and alcohol, (laughs) wine, wine, mainly and vodka. But, um, Anyways, so I got there and I, you know, and then they approached me about a different position in the resort. And it was also like, I mean, it was just an incredible opportunity for someone my age. And it was, it was to go back to, you know, the convention center. And I absolutely loved everyone that worked there. And it just seemed so right, but it didn't feel right. And I started getting that like weird feeling in my chest. And I was like, why does it not feel right? You know, and then I was like, well, maybe this is, you know, the time for me to kind of do some self exploration. We didn't have kids, we weren't ready to have kids for we still don't have kids. And, um, you know, I knew that I still wanted a few years of just more experiences. And to be honest, I thought I when I left and we went to Hawaii and to um, Asia, I started watching a lot of Anthony Bourdain's, um, I can't remember the name at the moment, but all of his shows that touched on Japan and Okinawa and Hawaii, because I thought for sure I was going to become like a food blogger, you know, like a person that just, you know, created their show, traveled, ate food. Well, when we, I ate everything in Hawaii, like nonstop, you know, but when we got to Japan, the first day we went to the fish market, um, like the famous one where they have like, you know, the three or 400 pound tunas Mm -hmm. and, um, we get there and, you know, we're my husband, he's literally, he grew up on an Island. He's from the Dominican Republic. So anything that's like fish, he loves, you know, and they were selling, um, you know, this ramen soup with like this just fish just just the whole thing was just sitting on on the ramen plate and i'm like over here eating my gyoza and my fried rice because i cannot stomach anything and i'm like i can't be a food blogger there's no way like you know (laughs) so um so i at that point i was like i gotta find another career path and i had no idea so but i all i knew is i didn't want to eat sea urchin or fish eyes or you know anything that had tentacles so but hey i mean you could you know incorporate that all into the storyline like this is how i uh, (laughs) yes yeah food bloggers don't I'm sure yes. there's food bloggers out there that there's stuff that, yes. oh man. I know, maybe I yeah, could right? still be a food blogger, but you know, 
play the safe side being like this is what you guys will enjoy when you're in japan which is fried rice and gyoza so (laughs) (laughs) so touched on a little bit in that intro Mm -hmm. of the creation of Mm -hmm. of your company um how did you know that that was it like that was Mm -hmm. your moment um, well, I, as much as I love the restaurant industry, you know, my parents, they have paid, you know, the price of what it takes to run a really successful business and that's their health. Um, you know, they're luckily they're still alive and they're still, you know, they're right now they're doing great and everything, but you can just tell, you know, when your body is, you know, hurting because it's been nonstop working, you know, under stress for such a long period of time. Um, and so I knew that I just, mentally and physically i just wanted to find a way to make money um that that i could use my brain and not just my body um but i also knew that i needed to find something that was not the same every day i get um i get really anxious if i feel like the truman show where i'm just walking around i'm like why do i keep seeing the same thing every day you know like when you know that that person in front of you in the coffee line is the same person every day just can't do it you know i i like meeting new people I like new experiences. And so when this kind of came to be, the only reason I felt so comfortable jumping in it is because I knew I wasn't recreating the wheel. I knew that there was other p- people that were event planners because I had an event planner for my my wedding. And so I, and like pretty much my philosophy in life is, you know, we were all born the same. And so like, if he can do it or if she can do it, then why can't I? And so that's kind of why I um, started, you know, I jumped right into event planning because I knew I had the skills. I knew I, um, and and it's just so funny because I tell people, you know, especially young people that, you know, I work with at restaurants or, you know, they're like, I have no idea what I want to be when I grow up. I'm like, literally try anything and everything. You need to try it and see if you like it, if it interests you, if it doesn't. I was in so many clubs. I mean, I even sold books door to door, which I'm pretty sure was a pyramid scam. But, um, you know, I sold. I also had a door to door job. So yes. world changes. It was awful. Yeah. And it's terrible. <laughs> and I'm like, how did I get roped into this? Um, So, I mean, I really tried it all. And even though some of those left me with like such a bad taste in my mouth, you know, I always pull something out of those experiences that literally help me to this day Mm -hmm. and so you know my experience at Beverly's of course um you know everyone's like oh well you just know so many people that's how you're so successful I'm like oh my gosh and I'm like it's not that it's the fact that I had to answer the phone and figure out how to put a party together or a dinner menu together or you know or how to talk to clients about budgets you know and yes absolutely it helped me you know get to know people um in this area when you know because we're obviously from Moscow and we've this is our fourth year in Coeur d'Alene. So the first two years that we were here, um, it definitely allowed me to meet people in this area and to grow my business from there. Um, but it was, you know, all those experiences, you know, when I'm on an event, you know, I am next to the caterer at all times because I've managed caterings with my families, you know, like, so I know exactly when they're about to run out of something and I can go to the, you know, the chef and say, Hey chef, we need some more of this, you know, or we need some more of this, you know, or if I see that there's a, ton of just plates everywhere i'm pre-busing i'm making sure it's clear you know i'm jumping in just as if they're if i'm a server so that way when people see me working they know that i they don't know if i'm on the catering team or if i'm the event planner but you know those experiences have helped me so much and you know even the ones even the things that weren't the best experiences they still help me out to this day which kind of segues perfectly into my next question <laughs> for you which was uh, what what did you learn about yourself for making the decision to follow your heart and start your own business? Oh, 
what did I learn from that? Yeah. Or? Like what was like, what's like your biggest takeaway that, well, that you've learned about yourself? When you start your own business, I think that you actually learn what you're good at and what you're bad at. Um, and I think that when I started my own business, it gave me so much more confidence because I knew I was good at planning events, um, but I didn't know that I was really organized. I, you know, I'm, I talk a lot and sometimes I don't stop talking and, you know, and, you know, I'm just, I have a lot of energy all the time. And so I've never seen myself as a really organized person. Um, I was never able to keep a planner in college. Like I always started like the first two weeks and it was like, then I was using it, you know, as a notepad when I needed to write things down in my car, you know, it was like, I didn't actually ever use it. And so I never thought I was organized, but I didn't think that was necessarily going to hold me back. But when I started my business, I realized, oh my gosh, I am a complete organizational freak. And I'm actually also really creative. So, you know, my brother is an artist um, and he is, um, I have two brothers and a sister, but one of my brothers is an artist and he's a photographer, videographer, you know, he does any multimedia type of art. And um, he's always been like the brain child with any type of art and creativity in our family. And um, so that was really, really exciting when you know, I was like, oh my gosh, I am creative. Oh, how exciting, you know? And so I learned something new about myself. So I really suggest, you know, even if I encourage anyone, if, you know, there's something that's like kind of like inkling at them, like, you know, should you or should you not, you know, people are going to talk about you no matter what, you know, but the thing is, is you just, you're not the only thing they're thinking about. And then, you know, people move on. And I think that's when people hold themselves back. And that's another thing that I've also learned as, you know, a business owner is that you just can't get held up in, you know, what do people think, you know, type things. So definitely those are the two main things is creativity and organization. Do you have a system for or for staying organized? Um, yes, I do. And, um, but it's really funny because that you say that I, I do have a system, you know, but I will say that there's a lot of programs out there that you can purchase um, that if you have no planning experience, it'll literally, you just pay like a monthly service. It's a CRM mm-hmm. um, and uh, client resource management or something like that. Um, and it'll give you the step-by-step of how to run your business, you know, and it's awesome and it's great, but it just doesn't, it's not one size fits all. You really have to get in there and make it work for your business. Um so I realized that after tr- like two or three attempts of like getting these CRMs, I have like my own, you know, I'm obsessed with Excel spreadsheets. And so I make all my spreadsheets, all my invoices, everything. And it's just works the best for me versus me trying to get on a program, trying to figure it out. Um, and maybe I'll switch someday when I have, you know, 10 assistants that can help me. Um, but yeah, so I do have my, my own program that I do and, the way I like kind of created it was because a client would say, can you send me a proposal? And I'd be like, yeah, of course. And then I'd be like, oh my God, mom, what's a proposal? You know? And so yeah. then she'd be like, okay, <laughs> this is where you start, you know? And so um, it's all, you know, most of the things that I've created or done, it's because I've had to just figure out how it works for my business. Um, but there are so many tools out there that you could nowadays, I mean, you really don't have to have too much event experience to, you know, just sign up for those programs and they'll help you guide, you know, step-by-step step when you're planning events. What's a go, what's a go-to tool um, for you? For me, for like to organize myself for my business. For, yeah. I mean, whatever. Oh, um, well, podcasts are like my number one tool that helped me run for my learning. business. For learning. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, and then, um, like to stay organized, definitely Excel, Excel spreadsheets is, 
um, the number one. I, I learned how to create a PDF file this year, or I mean last year, so that was pretty cool. <laughs> the PDF from the Excel sheet? Yeah, or Word document. I had no idea that you could do that, and I was like, how, I'm like, this would have been so helpful in high school and college. Why did I not know about this? Right? And yeah. I, that, like, is, like, mm-hmm. banging me in the head right now, because yes. that's what I've been working on a lot lately, uh, is getting... Uh, you know, 1099s together, and it's like yes. we have everything in an Excel sheet that I didn't put together. But yeah. now I'm like, what's happening? Everyone's like, here, just... I'm like trying to figure out exactly, like, okay, this is how this was set up, and, and that was how this was set up, and oh yeah, well great. Now I can go in, and I can just select these columns, and I can just select those and import those as a PDF. And boom, there's there's expenses, you know, for for that property or whatnot. Oh for yeah, the year and I, it's like, oh my god, that just like that one step, like saved your life, saving my my sanity this week. <laughs> yeah, yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> what's some advice that you can give to someone that's maybe starting to plan an event? Like, how do how do people know if they should hire an event coordinator or not? Um, if they don't, if they actually want to have fun. At the event, I feel like, and not worry about everything. I think that I th- I really think that like um, parties, obviously weddings. Um, not everyone can you know have a wedding planner, but you know if it's like a special event, like a birthday party or graduation, if it's like a really special moment, um, and you're in charge of planning this event, you know I would consider reaching out to any event planner um, in the area and just saying you know hi, I just need support, you know. Um, you know, can you put, point me in the right direction? Mainly because um, you want you don't want to miss a thing. You know, mm-hmm. you don't want to have to worry about changing the garbage lining out of the garbages while you know they're singing happy birthday to you know so and so or grandma's hundredth birthday. You know, yeah. Um, so if you can't find an event planner and they're not available to help you, the the biggest three things that I would tell people. Um, is think about the layout of your event. So from when people walk in the door to what actions you want them to to take. So, you know, make sure your coat rack is next to your door, you know, make sure there's someone greeting them at the door telling them where to find things. Bathrooms are over here, you know, um, appetizers are over here. Feel free to grab a grab uh grab a glass of champagne over here um you know and then laying out your event like that so you know walk through your event like it's an actual you know you're a guest so that's number one is really think about where you're placing things um so number one thing if uh, second thing is you know drinks or alcohol um or a beverage put something in someone's hand right when they walk in the door you know they are looking around like what should i do oh my gosh this is so awkward who am i going to run into run into do i know anyone here you know say hey can i get you a drink or have you know some mocktails or cocktails you know already pre-made at the door um i feel like once people have something to kind of fidget with in their hands it makes them a lot more relaxed um and then music make sure there's music doesn't matter what kind of music but no one wants to walk into a party where there's no music so those are the biggest three things: is the layout um getting something in their hand right at the beginning and music and obviously food but you know sometimes parties don't have food which is fine snacks well yeah i mean going back to like you know who should use a a party planner right like Mm -hmm. i was real estate i was going i was was going back to (laughs) tabitha and i's wedding Mm -hmm. and i'm going like we got we had it so planned out like we planned i felt like that's all we did for Mm -hmm. like eight months yeah it was every night and it got sold 
Yeah, it doesn't make it really fun <laughs> and, the day of. And, you know, we're spinning circles, and we had met with a wedding planner, and then she ended up not being able to do it because she had another one and was, mm-hmm. you know, was double booked that day. And then we ended up, luckily, hi- having a, f- a friend who had done some planning and that sort of stuff for some events. And bless her heart like she's (laughs) she's saved our sanity for point of you know the the point of contact the day of the wedding like yes i don't honestly like if it wasn't for her like our wedding would have been such a mess well and i think that's the biggest thing i think um you know if it is a wedding that you are planning and you don't have professional help um number one thing that you should do is find someone that Hopefully it's not your mom, but sometimes moms are the ones that step in. Um, but a friend, an aunt, a cousin, um, someone that can be your point of contact. That doesn't mean that they have to plan anything. That doesn't mean they have to set everything up. You can still have the groomsmen setting up the tables and the bride setting out the tablescapes or, you know, all of the dessert stuff. Um, you can still have that, but just have someone that you know, the DJ can find and say, hi, um, you know, we're still waiting for, you know, the rest of the deposit or, you know, because that's the last thing the bride wants to hear on her wedding day, you know, is like, you know, finishing paying out the vendors or, you know, hey, we ran out of so-and-so. Do you want us to keep serving your, you know, your banquet event order only says that you want this much, you know, that way the bride can actually enjoy the moment versus having to answer all these tough questions on the day of her wedding, which she shouldn't be answering. So that is my number one like advice that I would give people if they're planning a wedding is just have a friend, you know, pay them a hundred bucks or 150 bucks, how big, depending on how big your wedding is, you know, or give them a nice bottle of wine, whatever. Um, but just having someone that can at least ask you questions because sometimes vendors um, are also stressed and they need answers right away. And so it's really nice to have that filter um, to have someone kind of come by the bride and say, Hey girl, how's it going? Hope you're having a good time. Do you need anything? Okay, what do we do about this? You know, or like, what would you want to do that? You know, and then that way it's not some weird moment in the night. And, you know, everything is photographed and videoed the entire time during a wedding. So when they get into these kind of weird, sour moments, it's like, then she has to work to, you know, shrug that feeling off or being like, oh, well, that kind of sucked. That was weird. You know, let's move on, I guess, you know. So yeah, point of contact person, definitely necessary. And the one other thing I, I learned really from our wedding was that nobody else knows how it's supposed to be except for you. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. No one so knows, you're like, no one hey, knows like, the drill. It's such a big deal out of, you know, we had hay bales for seats at our ceremony or whatever. And I love it's that. Like, nobody, nobody knows that we were supposed to have blankets on top of them. Blankets <laughs> or, you know, sheets, What you know, yes. whatever it was. It's mm-hmm. just like, it's just how it is. Deal yep. with it. Let's have fun. Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see made when it comes to events? Not having music yeah. <laughs> or not having talking, music loud right? enough. Yeah. Not loud enough. Like. Not loud enough. Um, I would say that was the biggest thing. Not ordering enough food. People get, you know, it just, it really sucks when, um, you know, you are planning a wedding and because you are looking like every extra $20 ends up you know, in each area ends up being a thousand dollars because, you know, you're, oh, it's just another $20. Oh, it's just another $20, you know? And so brides, you know, everyone, even the most successful, you know, wealthiest people, they all have budgets, you know, everyone has a budget, you know, and you really do try and stick to it. Um, but yeah, I would say not having music, um, light music during cocktail hour, you know, louder music during the reception, even louder music during the dancing. Um, I would say that. And then if I can think of anything else, yeah, I think 
Do you th- yeah. do you think there's like something that people put too much emphasis on and not, and then on the contrary not emphasize enough? Um, I think that a lot of people um, they think that there's like wedding police out there, you know, and so they think that's like that's not how it's supposed to go, you know. Or an aunt's like, well, you're not supposed to do that, you know. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, actually, weddings are whatever you make them. If you want people to, you know, sit on the ground on blankets and pillows and with candles, and you know, you can even put a hookah lounge in your reception. Like, who cares? Like, it is your wedding, one hundred percent. Like, you, there is no one coming around and saying you did it wrong. You know, you did it wrong. So, like, a lot of the times. You know, especially like aunts and grandmas and stuff, they're like, well, you didn't do a receiving line. Like, you're supposed to do a receiving line, you know? And that's not really something that our generation does very much anymore. It's it's more of a traditional um, custom. And, um, you know, so it's like, well, you know, and then people freak out about it. And, you know, it just doesn't really matter. You know, it does matter to some families. And, you know, you have to respect whoever is helping you with the wedding and, you know, respect their wishes. But at the end of the day, the bride and the groom should have the final say. Um, But yeah, so do your wedding however you want. It doesn't matter your processional or recessional. It doesn't matter who's, you know, if it's symmetrical at the, you know, altar between your brides and your groom, your bridesmaids and your groomsmen, like all of it, it's however you want it to be. So, now you've been, you've been doing this for two years, right? Um, um, Well, actually, one full year. So I'm going into my full second year. year. Yeah, yep. Second, second year of full-time event planning. Yes. Mm-hmm. Af- one, or when you had that phone call from your friend and you're like, bam, that's it. It just clicked. I'm an event planner. Yeah. Was your vision that you had like that morning the same vision as you have for your business today? Oh, I haven't thought about this. Let me think. Um Yes, it is 100%. And I really think, um, I don't know which podcasts or books I've, I've heard it a lot. Um, and, you know, recurring themes where you really have to visualize yourself um, doing what it is that you want to do. And just every morning, like, what do you want to end up? You know, like, for me, I'm like, I really want to drive a black Tahoe, like someday, I'm going to get a black Tahoe tinted windows i'm gonna look like the president of the united states and i'm gonna roll up you know and do this i'm not there yet but someday i will get my black tahoe you know yeah. and um so right now i'm driving a honda crv it's pretty cute i love it it's like a little spaceship um but yes um so you just have to visualize it and really keep aiming towards you know and not just that just talking about it you know if you're starting you know your own baby clothing line or your own, you know, macaroon shop or, you know, whatever, you literally got to talk to people about it. You know, well, where do you go? Where do you plan? I'll plan. I'll go anywhere, you know? And then it's so crazy because those, even if it was a two minute conversation with someone that you had at the grocery store, it's so wild. I will get a Facebook message and it'll be that same person I talked to a year and a half ago that says, Hey, remember that one time we ran into each other at the store? Well, you said that you did this. Would you be willing to do this? And I'm like, absolutely. That's exactly what I do. So, talking about what it is that you want to do or what you will do and you know and it just happens naturally don't be shy talk about what you're passionate about you know and literally those things stick with people you know or they'll see your face and be like oh my gosh I totally forgot but now that I saw you I remember that you said this and my cousin is having a wedding and so and so will you go there I'm like yep we'll have them you know they just have to take care of my flight and my lodging and I'll be there you know and I'll help them and you know most of I I haven't even done a wedding in Coeur d'Alene yet um I've done all, I did six weddings last year and they were all travel. And um, most of my weddings are travel this year as well, mainly because 
the people that know me are people that I went to college with or, you know, they're cousins of someone that I knew from college. So, you know, I'll go anywhere. So I do Tri-Cities, Los Angeles. We're going to Mexico two times. Um, we got to do Shore Lodge, which was McCall um, this last weekend. And um, got a couple Coeur d'Alene ones. But it's honest to God, it's because when I opened up my Instagram and my Facebook account, I said, hey, we travel for events. And so people aren't scared to ask me, will you travel to my event? Absolutely, I will. You know, And so then we talk about it. And well, then we do it. So just talk about it. Think about it. Dream about it. And you will end up there. I mean, you actually have to work for it, too. Yeah. <laughs> you have to work a little bit for it. But, yeah. So, if you could go back to that day, that aha day, mm-hmm. what advice would you give your, Would you have given yourself? Um, I, think the, I think the quote or whatever is, like, don't go grocery shopping when you're hungry. Um, you know, there are – you just got to vet your clients 100%. Mm-hmm. You know, they're – I've been really blessed and all of my clients have been awesome. Um, you know, but there have been times where I'm like starting to work with someone. And for me, I'm like, you know what? I know you paid me the deposit, but I don't think this is going to be a great fit. And it's not anything against you or against me. It's just apples and oranges, you know, like we just don't mix. And, yeah, you don't. but you know, and I won't, I don't ever leave anyone hanging water. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't, I don't ever, it's just, we have different communication style. We have different vision, you know, we're not, neither of us are having fun in this situation, you mm-hmm. know? And so I have no problem saying here's your deposit back, but he, I'm going to give you someone that is amazing for you, you know, and you guys will click and you guys, I just know that you guys will do great, you know? And so that is definitely something that I've run into where, you know, my, I mean, when you get your first check that like you actually go to your business checking account and you're like, oh my God, I'm legit. Like, this is awesome, you know? And then you get like addicted to it. Then you just want to book like crazy. Like you take anything and you really do. When you first start, most of the, not most, but a lot of the events that I did were, you know, for friends and family. And we did not charge them anything because I just needed something on my portfolio. Um, You know, and then finally, when you get some momentum and people are seeing what you're doing, you know, then, then, you know, the first, you know, few handfuls, you know, you're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you get someone and you're like, why? does this not feel right you know so don't go shopping when you're hungry in your opinion what's been the most critical aspect of colleen lopez events success Mm, smiling (laughs) um smiling I don't know. I feel like people want to work with people that are pleasant. You know, I know a lot of people that are going up for big jobs and they're like I'm underqualified and I you know, I just tell people if you meet someone and they think that they can, you know, work around you for a year because that's how long it takes to plan weddings sometimes is a year. You know, um, if they like you, if they know you and then they start to trust you, I feel like that is um, the success of anyone's business. And you just got to find your your ideal target market and your ideal client and keep finding them. And anytime you get that weird sense of like, oh, that was kind of like a weird conversation, like, should I keep going? And then you, you know, then you start reading the emails and you're like, oh, this is how they are. This might not, you know, you know, so definitely, um, just be pleasant, be pleasant, be kind, smile. Um, and then you'll, the right people will be attracted to you. And what's been the biggest challenge for your company? Um, well, like you said, like, well, I actually don't know if we recorded this on here, but when we were first talking, you said you worked at the resort, you know, when you first started Mm -hmm. your business and, um, you know, it's a joke when a lot of people, you know, sing and they are terrible singers. It's like, don't quit your day job, you know, but yeah. literally do not quit your day job, you know, um, unless, you know, you 
have awesome circumstances. You know, I didn't know for sure if I was, I knew I was going to be good at it, but I didn't know if I was going to love it. So, um, you know, for the entire year and to this day, I still am at one day a week. Actually, next month, I'm like done at my family's restaurant. So I worked um, when I got back from my honeymoon, um, when I had that aha moment, you know, I had started picking up serving shifts at my family's house or working in the kitchen wherever they need me, needed me. And this last year of 2018, I was working part time for my family as lo- as well as um, working with um, or starting my business. So, you know, at the beginning of the year, I was planning three or four events at a time while I was still working 30 to 40 hours. But it's because I still had to pay the bills. And, you know, you mm-hmm. just got to do what you got to do. But definitely, that's it's the hardest year of your life. And it's like, so much easier when, you know, you have that weight lifted, and you finally see financial, f- well, not financial freedom, but like, you know, you can support yourself and your family yeah, through it. Like, hey, I'm making progress. Yes. Yeah. I don't have to work mm-hmm. 18 hour days. Exactly. <laughs> and just keeping that, you know, relationship with your previous employer that way you know if you do get put off the schedule hey if you need if you need me for a big weekend just give me a call you know i'm happy to hop in you know and so just having those contacts and keeping all of your relationships um you know good with your bosses and stuff if you get one message out to the community what would it be um let's see here I know this is tacky, but follow your heart. (laughs) Um, Definitely, you know, if you are thinking about something, um, whatever you're doing on your spare time, try and find a way to make that, you know, something that you do all the time, you know. Um, Just if you don't like where you're at, then start trying new things and, um, you know, or find, find a way to bring that happiness more into your everyday life. Cool. And any lasting thoughts? I mean, I'm out of questions for you. Um, <laughs> no, I think this was great. You know, is there anything that that you feel maybe I missed that would be important for party planners to know? Like, when should when should mm-hmm. someone contact you if mm-hmm. like they want to plan a party? Like, how far out in advance? Um, well, it's really hard to plan a party out of like a 14 month window. Um, you know, to book a venue, I definitely think that you can book like a year and a half out. Um, some venues don't, t- they'll say, okay, our books are open for this next year. Um, but so, you know, a lot of people come to me with already their venue booked and everything, but I think 12, 10 to 12 months out is like the perfect time frame. Um, you know, a lot of, once you book your big vendors, you know, the big vendors like caterers and mm-hmm. DJs, they'll book out, you know, far in advance. But then when you get to your smaller vendors, um, you know, they're they're running their own small business, you know, like hair and makeup people, you know, um, ceremony musicians, you know, they all have probably full-time jobs that, and they're doing that either on the side or they're doing their full-time job and then they do weddings on the side. Um, and so I definitely... Yeah, 10 to 12 months, I would say, is the best time to contact an event plan. Unless you need help finding your venue, then it would be 12, 12 to 14 months. And how can people find you? Um, they can find me on Instagram at Colleen Lopez Events. Um, Facebook as well. I'm on there too. But Instagram, you'll always see me on the stories and uh, or at my website at ColleenLopez.org, O-R-G. Yeah, because dot com was taken. <laughs> if you type in ColleenLopez.com, <laughs> you are going to go to a middle-aged woman that sells jewelry. So uh, that's, that's not, not me. Is that me? No. <laughs> <laughs> ColleenLopez.org. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yes. Well, I appreciate it, Colleen, for coming on, sharing your insights. Thank um, you. It was a blast. I'm glad you had fun. Yeah. When I open up my podcast, you're going to be one of my first guests. Sweet. 
<laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Colleen.